you know, for those of you that do any public speaking or brief a lot or, you know, have to get in front of people teaching, you know, it's, it can be tough, you know, to, you forget words, you misspeak, especially when you do it a lot. But, you know, it's always nice to have those closest to you that keep you on your, uh, your toes. And that would be my family. So last week, if you recall, I was saying a prayer, in the, uh, it was a prayer of invocation. And at the end of it, I said, instead of saying amen, I said, amen. <laughs> Anybody recognize that last week? So I, as soon as it came out, I looked up. I know my kids will catch it. And there's Madison going like this. <laughs> And so all week, you know, when we're saying our blessing to eat, all the kids would end all the prayers with what? You know what? Amen. <laughs> so I hope today not to use any of my Jamaican accent. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> all right. Well, if you got your Bibles, turn with me to Psalm 55. We're going to read the entire psalm, and then we're going to read one verse in the book of uh, Galatians today, in Galatians chapter 6, Psalm 55. You can follow with me on screen or I'll read from your Bible. Give ear to me, my prayer, O God, and hide not yourself from my plea for mercy. Attend to me and answer me. I am restless in my complaint and I moan because of the noise of the enemy because of the oppression of the wicked. For they drop trouble upon me, and in anger they bear a grudge against me. My heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death have fallen upon me. Fear and trembling come upon me, and horror overwhelms me. And I say, oh, that I had wings like a dove, I would fly away and be at rest. Yes, I would wander far away, I would lodge in the wilderness. I would hurry to find a shelter from the raging wind and tempest. Destroy, O Lord, divide their tongues, for I see violence and strife in the city. Day and night they go around it on its walls, and iniquity and trouble are within it. Ruin is in its midst, oppression and fraud. Do not depart from its marketplace. For it is not an enemy who taunts me, then I could bear it. It is not an adversary who deals insolently with me, then I could hide from him. But it is you, a man, my equal, my companion, my familiar friend. We used to take sweet counsel together within God's house. We walked in the throng. Let death steal over them. Let them go down to Sheol alive. For evil was in their dwelling place and in their heart. But I call to God, and the Lord will save me, evening and morning and at noon. I utter my complaint and moan, and he hears my voice. He redeems my soul in safety from the battle that I wage. For many are arrayed against me. God will give ear and humble them. He who is enthroned from of old, because they do not change and do not fear God. My companion stretched out his hand against his friend. He violated his covenant. His speech was smooth as butter, yet war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil, yet they were drawn swords. Cast your burden on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. But you, O God, will cast them down into the pit of destruction. Men of blood and treachery shall not live out half their days, but I will trust in you. Now in Galatians chapter 6, verse 2. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Let us pray.
Heavenly Father, we thank you for this uh, wonderful day to gather together in your name. We thank you for your holy word that you have given us. We ask you, Lord, to just uh, speak to our hearts today by your spirit. Encourage us, challenge us, help us to know you better. And I pray you will just use me as a vessel for your glory and honor. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So a husband goes to church one day without his wife. His wife's not uh, feeling very well. And so he goes home, and as soon as he walks through the door, he rushes in and he uh, picks up his wife and starts carrying her around the house. The wife is kind of caught by surprise, and she kind of smiles at him. She says, did that uh, pastor preach on how to be romantic? Out of breath, he looks at her, and he says, no. He said, we must carry our burdens. (laughs) I had to get approval from my wife before I could tell that joke, by the way. Today I want to talk about who's carrying your burden. Who's carrying your burden? By the way, that background slide of the Pastor Joe special, who recognizes that? For all you Lord of the Rings people? That would be uh, Sam carrying Frodo, right? Few of you know who that is. I didn't have any clue as to who that was, but he thought it was a great picture. So who's carrying your burden uh, this morning? Today I picked two passages, one from the old, one from the new. Let's first take a look at the uh, one in the old with David and one of his psalms. You know, I taught a class on David uh, last quarter, and when we look at the life of David, David's life, I say, you know, when you go to McDonald's, right, and you want it supersized, David's life was supersized. I mean, you look at what he went through, the great victories he achieved, you know, slaying Goliath, you know, killing a bear, a lion with his own hands. Uh, tremendous victories, but also tremendous pain and suffering that, you know, most of us do not have to deal with. And he was kind of a type of Christ, right? He was a picture of Christ in many ways. He's born into obscurity, born in the small town of Bethlehem, anointed by the Holy Spirit to rise up to be the king of Israel. In fact, uh, Jesus, one of his most popular titles in the uh, New Testament was what? Son of David. So when we look at this psalm, Psalm 55, David's penning his feelings that's going on with some particular events that are happening in his life. And we go through it, and I'm going to go through it quickly. We see that he's restless. He's restless because of his enemy and because of the oppression that's coming upon him. Verses 2 and 3. We don't know for sure who that is. It could be, could be King Saul, for you know he was chasing him. could have been Absalom, you know, his son, later when he came to the throne uh, it doesn't really say, but he's, he's, he's in fear of his enemy. His heart is in anguish. In fact, it says he fears for his life. He's got overwhelming fear. He just wishes he could escape it all. He said, if I had wings like a dove, he'd fly far away. He's looking for shelter, for respite. How many times have you felt like that? You were in a place where you're just overwhelmed with pressure and problems of the day, and you just say, boy, I wish I could just be somewhere else right now. So he's giving us that picture. And you know, it goes from bad to worse, right? Because his enemy is not really an enemy. It was one of his friends and companion. He was betrayed. How many of us have you ever been betrayed by someone that you thought loved you? A close friend, a family member, a spouse, a, fam- uh, a parent. 
So many of us have been betrayed. David was betrayed. Notice the words he said. We used to take sweet counsel together. Within God's house, we walked in the throng. His speech was smooth as butter, softer than oil, yet they were drawn swords. He was a backstabber. Bottom line, David is under a lot of pressure, and he is struggling with real anxiety. He feels oppressed. He's carrying a lot of weight on his back. However, we notice after David pours out his heart to the Lord, there is a shift in the psalm. He recognizes where his help comes from. He says, God will redeem my soul in safety. God will give his ear to me. He turns his focus away from his problems and towards a solution, and that is God. And he pens that promise, that familiar promise that we all love. Cast your burden on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. What a beautiful promise that is. That word for burden is only used once in the Hebrew, and it actually literally means lot, L-O-T, you know, when you cast a, a lot. And so the idea here, I think the writers, the translators, use the word burden because they're using it in context with everything he said. He is indeed carrying lots of burdens. But that idea of a lot is whatever comes your way, both big and small. So whatever comes our way in life, whether they're huge difficulties, huge trials, or just daily rigmarole of the life that we live, we're to give those and cast them on to the Lord. This morning I want to look at that promise and I'm going to segue into our second text in Galatians 6. But the first point I want to make is, number one, we all have burdens. We all have burdens. It is our lot in life. We live in a fallen world. And so we're going to have struggles, some bigger than others. Some struggles, some burdens come from our own decisions we make, right? The Bible is clear, for whatsoever a man soweth, he shall reap. So sometimes we bring problems and weights upon ourselves by our own Decisions, but there are other times where things come out of the blue that are not in our control. We didn't do anything for them to come, but they do come. It could be sickness, death, you know, things that come outside from those that are closest to you that you would have never seen before come from the most unexpected places. I mean, David, it was his close companion. He probably never thought that his close companion would be his enemy. So I ask you this morning, what are the burdens that you carry today? What are the things that you struggle with? Now, we're all different. We're all going through different phases of life. Some of you may have very light burdens this day, and thank God for that. Some of you may have a little more challenging burdens, and it's very difficult. But we all go through seasons. We all carry burdens, sometimes unnecessarily. It may be physical Health issues, chronic pain, difficult sleeping. You know, you just deal with this day in, day out. It's like, when will it ever go away? You know, the Apostle Paul, some scholars think that his thorn in the flesh might have been some kind of physical ailment. For some of you, it could be your job or your career, your, your, your fear of losing your work, your job. Maybe you don't think you're going to get promoted anymore. You're always worried about the next step. Where, where, what assignment am I going to get that's going to take care of my career? Maybe you have a boss that's very difficult. You know, my 27 years in the Air Force, I had a lot of good bosses, but I had a few that, boy, when I went home, 
at the end of the day, I was feeling a lot of weight. We have family stressors, right? Parents, worry over your children, don't you? Wonder, am I doing it right? Are they going to be successful? Am I preparing them adequately for the challenges of life? Am I doing too much? Maybe I'm not doing enough. You know, there's recent polls that suggest that uh, a lot of parents are fearful for their children in the future, that they're not going to have the opportunities that many of us have had growing up in this country. And there are many people that are thinking that as well. How about you, young person, high schooler, middle schooler? What do you worry about? What, what gets on you, you know? Is it your grades, getting good grades, getting in the right college, not disappointing your parents, possibility of losing friends? Maybe I'll never have any friends being liked by others. How about how you look? You know, we live in this age of Instagram and photos, and everything looks so good, and so there's that pressure many times that we have to look a certain way. These things can weigh on us. There's many more. How about shame and guilt over our sin? You struggle with condemnation. You say, I never feel good enough. You can't seem to get by that besetting sin that maybe you struggle with and nobody knows about but you. You feel the weight of guilt and failure. It could be bitterness and anger over past hurts, those in the past that have hurt you. Could have been a father, a mother, a family member. We all carry struggles of pain and burden that go around. You look at our society today, the many families that are broke up, and there's a lot of pain that goes with it. Could be loneliness. You know, sometimes we come to church every week, and you see people, and they smile, and they look, but you don't know. There may be someone here today extremely lonely. You wish people knew how you really felt. Burdens. Did any of these strike a nerve with any of you? You get the picture. Point is, we all carry weights that get us down. So the question is, what do we do with those? Do we just grin and bear it? Whatever will be, will be. Kind of have that stoic attitude, you know. Well, I'm just going to load up my rucksack again with another of these weights, and I'm just going to make my way to heaven. Well, what did David say to do? The second point. David said to cast, to fling, to throw your burden on the Lord. Now, that's easier said than done. You know, we read these verses and said, well, that sounds great in principle, but how do you do that? Interestingly, uh, when I look in Peter, I see something fascinating in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 and 7. Listen to this. He says, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him, because he cares for you. If you'll notice there, there's a correlation between pride and casting your cares on the Lord. Sometimes we're just too proud, right? Too stoic. I can carry this burden myself. I don't have any prayer requests. You know people who never need any help? <laughs> Got it all together? We don't like to admit weakness. We don't like to admit deficit. We don't like to admit shortcomings in our life. We want people to think we have it all together. I love the first beatitude in the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. You know that word poor has this idea of a crouching beggar. 
It's a picture of a beggar crouching in great need. And that is the way, by the way, in the Sermon on the Mount, that is how you come into the kingdom. Salvation starts with recognizing our great need that we have for a Savior. There's a poverty of spirit there that says, I can't get to heaven on my own. I can't get to God on my own. I need something beyond myself. Well, it's humility many times that it will allow us to, to cast those burdens on the Lord. David wasn't afraid to admit in his many psalms how he was feeling, right? That guy was very emotional. Very emotional. Used a lot of hyperbole, you know, a lot of, you know, strong words and metaphors. But you know what? You ever wonder why God called him a man after his own heart? He knew where to turn. He knew where to turn. So why do we cast our burdens on the Lord? Well, we recognize and believe him for who he truly is. We believe in his promise that he will sustain us and that he will not allow us to be shaken. Notice the psalmist did not say that the Lord will eliminate your burdens. He said he will sustain you and not allow you and me to be shaken so that we can't move forward. In fact, David's problems many times weren't eliminated. Sometimes they got worse, right? Sometimes they got worse. But he began to learn and recognize that God is sovereign and in control and there to help him through these difficult times. I love Proverbs 16.33. It says, The lot is cast into the lap, but its every decision is from the Lord. The lot. Back in biblical times, it was common for a lot to be thrown in the lap of a man's garment or into a hat or, or into his bosom, so to speak, and then they would draw that lot out to make decisions, whether it's choosing of officers by the way, remember the disciples did that when Judas was gone, casting a lot. So what's this proverb saying? It's saying that there is no such thing as chance or events by chance. Those events which seem most troublesome or seem to come out of the blue are all ordered and governed by the sovereign will of God. We call that providence. We call that providence. So when we cast our cares on the Lord, when we throw our burdens on the Lord, we go with that mind of receiving Christ by faith as well, because he is our only hope. We make that great exchange that Jesus talked about in Matthew 11. Come to me, all who labor are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Why could Jesus say that? Well, ultimately, he bore our burdens that are a result of sin and the fall. You know Isaiah 53, that great messianic prophecy. Isaiah 53, 4 says, Surely he has borne our griefs, carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Because Jesus bore our sorrows, he will sustain us. 
For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace in time of need. A very familiar passage from Hebrews chapter 4. You know, I like to use a lot of scripture in my sermons. And when I was doing my study, I came upon this one in Isaiah. It's beautiful. I want you to listen to it. Especially you that are older. I think it's even more uh, applicable to you, but it applies to all of us. But it's just a beautiful promise. Isaiah chapter 46, verse 3 and 4. The, the prophet writes, Listen to me, O house of Jacob, all the remnant of the house of Israel, who have been born by me from before your birth, carried from the womb, even to your old age, I am he. And to gray hairs, I will carry you. I have made, and I will bear, and I will carry, and will save. You hear that? Even before you were born, he will carry you, he will carry me to the end. He will sustain us So what are we waiting for? We need to cast those burdens, those cares upon the Lord. So what's that have to do with Galatians chapter 6 verse 2? Well, it has a lot to do with that. And I'm going to try to show you uh, the connection. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. If you remember from last week, for you here, where last week Joe talked about means of grace, right? Means of grace, and we talk about God uses various means of grace, including God's word, the teaching and preaching of his word, the Lord's Supper, baptism. God also uses means to carry out his work of ministry and enabling and helping one another, and that is through people, his church, the body of Christ. God uses the church to help along the way. Paul in Romans 15 once says, We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. How do we do that? We come alongside one another. Come along one side and not another. Because we need each other. 1 Corinthians 12 says, If one member suffers, all members suffer together. One reason we come to church, just one, I mean, the primary reason to come to church is to worship God. But another reason why we come to church is to fellowship with one another, to encourage one another, to build up one another. You and I should come to church not only ready to worship God, but saying, how can I help somebody that's there today? One of my brothers or sisters in Christ throughout the week that I haven't seen. See how they're doing. It's not always easy, though, is it? It's not always easy to do that. We need to do two things. Number one, we need to share our burdens with each other. And number two, we need to be intentional to help each other with their burdens. As I mentioned earlier, most of us have a difficult time sharing our burdens. And we need to be more open in doing that. On the other side, we need to be more aware of those that we come in contact with each and every week. We need to be, look at their faces. How many times have you seen someone come in with a sad face? 
Maybe a face that just, you know, they're somewhere else. They're just not here. Are we discerning? Are we trying to understand and learn what's going on in the lives of others? But here's the deal. All of us have gone through difficult circumstances, right? And the Lord has seen us through. He has seen us through. And he will continue to help see us through. But we need to be there for others. We need to be more aware and try to draw it out of them a little bit more to find out what's going on in their lives. Let me give you a couple examples, practical ones. All right, there's a lot of mothers out here. Your kids are out of the house, right? <clears throat> you've been there, done that. You've raised them. They're gone. Got the scars, the bruises, the joys, everything to go with it, right? Well, we have young mothers in the church, you know, got two, three, four kids strapped on to them. You remember those days. You remember the joys, but you remember the challenges and the pain and, and the difficulties, right? You've been there. Have you ever gone up to one and say, hey, how you doing? How are you getting through the week? Maybe you need to go to the playground with them and just find out. Of course, they're probably initially, they're not going to say, oh, I'm doing good. I'm doing well. But the idea is that we need to look at others. We've gone through similar events, similar trials, and identify with them and try to help them through. How many of you, I know there's quite a few in here, you've, been, you've had a successful career, whether in the civil service, corporate world, military. You know all the struggles it took to get to the top. You had to work for a lot of difficult bosses. You were under times where you had responsibilities that were overwhelming. You didn't know what decision to make next, but you made it through. How many people are in here today that are going through similar stuff? Do you ask them? You know, this is what discipleship is, really. And, you know, when I made this, prepared this sermon, I was like, I'm really lousy at this. I'm really lousy at this. We all can do better in discipling and, and mentoring and caring for one another by God's grace. There's all kinds of ways that we can help. There are many other situations you can go through. Some of you have uh, experienced watching a loved one go downhill rapidly over a period of time. Some of you have lost a child prematurely. Some of you have struggled with addictions before. Some of you have suffered extreme loneliness before. You have a testimony to share of how God's been faithful to you. Young person, you may have seen a friend that got hurt by another friend, you know, betrayed. You've, you've felt that before. Reach out to them. This is something what I call the club, right? The club. Been there, done that club. I'm part of the cancer club. Okay? I, I love it when people come up to me and they say, I'm praying for you and ask how I'm doing. And, and, it's, and it's, very, it's very heartwarming to me. And by the way, pray for me. I'm getting my next scan this week, so I always love prayers. But when I go get a scan, I get a thing we that have cancer before called scanxiety. <laughs> and so when I hear from a member, someone in the church has gone through cancer, or they hear from me, I'm able to identify a little bit better with them, right? Because I've been there. I've done that. I've been through chemo. They've been through radiation. They know what it feels like when you hear those words, I have cancer, right? So we've gone through those kind of things. So we have that identity together, all right? The club. There are lots of clubs. You're a part of a club. You've been through some things, and you've survived and endured through that club. 
And you know, it's very interesting, though, over the years, the way I see it, too, is when we look across the church, everybody's not down right now, right? Everybody's not down. Some may be up. Some may be down. Sort of like oak trees. You know, when I moved to Florida, I was amazed at how many oak trees there were in our yards. But what I was amazed was there were two types of oak trees. And you know what? One oak tree, what? Let's all its leaves come down about now in the spring. And another oak tree does what? Does it what? In the fall, right? Now, I grew up in Pennsylvania. You know, when it's fall, it's fall. The leaves fall. You don't have a rake too, right? But there's trees sometimes that knock them down both sides. But the key is what I, it's sort of like a picture is. We're all going through ups and downs. Some of them are up. Some of them are down. But we need to be aware and how we can help and minister to one another. Because God sovereignly fits us all together in the body of Christ for a purpose. And he knows who's here and who can minister and meet the needs of one another. You remember the acronym we like to teach our kids, right? Joy, Jesus, others, you. And that should be our priorities in life. There's a final passage of scripture I I would like to uh, read to kind of close this out today. And it's in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us with all affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. What a beautiful promise. The God of all comfort. So I ask you today, who's carrying your burden? What are you doing with your burden? And what about the burdens of others. May God just move upon our hearts to help us as the body of Christ here to minister to one another and to carry and share one another's burdens. But ever mindful of who Jesus Christ is and how he bore our pains, our sufferings, our difficulties, and that he will see us until the end. Reminded Philippians 1 6, he who began a good work in you will perfect it, will complete it. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your precious promises. We thank you, Lord, that we can cast our cares on you and that you will sustain us. I pray, Lord, if there are anyone here today that's struggling, that's just having difficulties, that you would just encourage them, fill them with your grace and with your love and with your hope. And help us, Lord, as your body to be aware of those needs around us and help us, Lord, to reach out and minister to the needs of others. We thank you, Lord, that you will see us 
through until the end, that you will sustain us and you will never allow us to be shaken. And Father, if there's anyone in here today that does not know you, Lord, and they say, I just have too much burden, too much burden of sin, I pray that you would just relieve them, relieve them of that burden and cause them to be born again to a living hope, a new hope, a new heart, that they might see you. Again, Lord, we thank you for your wonderful, marvelous promises. We ask these all in your son's blessed name. Amen.